We're in that section in Thessalonians chapter 4. And I would like to say to you that a Christian's hope has a dynamic influence on a Christian's life now. With the emphasis on capital N, capital O, capital W. Around us in the world we see so many people who have no hope. Boy, you look at their lives and you see exactly what their lives exemplify. In Thessalonians, of course, is one of the greats on the return of Christ. That's why I said that a Christian's hope, or any man's hope, but basically I'm talking about Christians. A Christian's hope has a real dynamic, in-depth influence on the way a Christian lives, on a Christian's life now. How you live is tremendously affected by the hope that you have for the future. We've covered the first three chapters of Thessalonians. Tonight I want to begin chapter 4. I'll give you a few basic things. Chapter 4 verses 1 to 12 basically deal with Christian living. There will be two aspects. I'll handle the first tonight, verses 1 through 8. The second division is chapter 4, 13 through 17, dealing with the dead in Christ. Chapter 5, 1 to 11, basically deal with watchfulness. Chapter 5, 12 to 15, with the discipline within the church or church discipline. And chapter 5, 16 to 24, with holiness. In chapter 4, verse 1, the first word is furthermore. It is literally translated finally. The Greek word is lipon, L-O-I-P-O-N. And grammatically, it's an adverbial accusative. And that, of course, makes it very significant in my mind because literally, this is a transition. It is not a conclusion. You know, you could say finally, meaning a conclusion. But this, furthermore, is not a conclusion. It's a transition from the great ending of chapter 3, opening up the greatness of chapter 4. A very literal translation of the word could be, I have yet to add this. You know, I think I'll show you how I work some of this stuff. Maybe it'll bless you, maybe it'll help you. You see, when I begin working the integrity and accuracy of the word, I just sit down and I go over each word, basically, or thought content. I'll show you on, on a verse here how I would handle this thing. Get myself a piece of paper like you've got in front of you. And the first thing I put down is the word furthermore, okay? Then I put the word then. Single word. Then I put down we beseech you. See, I put these all one under the other and then I leave plenty of room to work it between the lines. Then I put down brethren. I may put the word and by itself to see whether it's a chi or a day or whatever it is, whether it's strong, weak. Most of the times I don't because I know it so well. Then I put down exhort you. I put down the line exhort you. Further down I put by by and then the phrase the Lord Jesus then in one line I put the word that 
as ye have received of us, is the next one, as you have received of us, how ye ought to walk, how ye ought to walk is the line. Then I put the word and to, because I'm again interested in that word and in the preposition to. Please God. Now sometimes I put these in the same line. And to please God. We got it in the same line tonight. So. Ye would. Ye would. I put in one line. And then abound more and more. That's how I work the word. And I lay all this stuff in front of me. You know I write the thing out. Just like I got it written out here. You couldn't read it. I got a problem reading it myself. <laughs> but you see, I work every word. Check it, double check it, triple check it. Because we must never deceitfully handle God's word. And we stand only approved if we do what? Amen. Amen. People try every lousy thing to stand approved. But you only stand approved before God as you rightly divide the word. The word then in verse 1 Furthermore, then, literally means therefore. Furthermore, therefore, and the word therefore always implies action. Verse 2, what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. Verse 3, for this is the will of God, even your sanctification, you should abstain from fornication. Verse 8, he therefore that despises, despises not man but God. See, the whole Word then implies action. Finally, or furthermore. Or I have yet this to add to you. Therefore act, act. And this action of the word then comes from the authority that Paul had, which authority came from God. Paul was just a spokesman for God. And the word then here is tied in with chapter 2. 17 to 20. But we, brethren, being taken from you for a short time in presence, not in heart, endeavor the more abundantly to see your face with great desire. Wherefore, we would have come unto you, even I, Paul, once and again, but Satan hindered us. For what is our hope or joy or crown or rejoicing? Are not even ye in the presence of our Lord Jesus at his parousa, his coming? For ye are our glory and joy. Therefore, act. And also the last three verses of chapter 3, 11 through 13, which is that tremendous prayer that we covered at our last session. Unto the end that you are established in your hearts, unblameable in holiness before God, even our Father, at the producer, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. Furthermore, therefore, ties in with this holiness of 13, with the rejoicing in the presence of the coming of the hope of Christ. And this pleasing conduct is covered in verses 1 and 2 of chapter 4. Sanctification is covered in two different areas, verses 3 and 8. And love and industry, you know, to be industrious, is covered in 9 through 12. 
Furthermore, then we beseech you, brethren. The word brethren usually introduces a new or expanded truth in detail, either in thought or in development. Whenever you find it used in the church epistles, that's what occurs. We beseech you, brethren, and exhort you. The word beseech is the Greek word eratao, spelled E-R-O-T-A-O, long O's. The word beseech may be translated pray, ask, or request, perhaps the most communicative word to us would be beg. We beg you, beseech you, we beg you as our brethren. We beg you as our brethren. It implies a continuous action, not just a past action, but we beg you, brethren, continuous action, keep going, and exhort. The word exhort is parakaleo. P-A-R-A-K-A-L-E, long O, which is a continuous encouragement toward a more worthy endeavor, which literally means urging someone on to go on in the Lord Jesus, to be in union with Christ. It cannot be by, I just know it cannot be by the Lord Jesus, uh, King James has exhort you by the Lord Jesus. This beseeching and exhortation is not by the Lord Jesus. It is because of what the Lord Jesus did for them as ye have received of us. You see how I know this? Therefore they ought to walk. The whole thing deals with walk. Bollinger has a Degree mark next to Bible 1048. Yeah, I know what that is. Look it up. It's the word in Bible. Governs only one case. The dative denotes being or remaining within the primary idea of rest and continuance. That's right. Exhort you. You see, you've used the word exhort, which is to encourage toward a more worthy endeavor, to remain in, to remain in that quiet walk, that development of yourself. Not anxious. Be anxious for what? But to just day after day stay working at this. As you will see, as you work this, the perfection in the new birth is one thing. The walk is the development, the continuous growth. That as ye have received of us how ye ought to walk and to please God, so ye would abound more and more. I want to give you something on this word holiness that is very important in this opening section in here in chapter 4. The word holiness is mentioned in 3.13, but it dominates the concept in chapter 4, 1 to 8. The love of the brethren is mentioned in 3.12, and it dominates the whole section of chapter 4, 9 to 12. Doing more is in chapter 3, 10 and 12. But it dominates chapter 4, verse 1 and verse 10. The parousa, or the coming of Christ, is throughout the entire section 
but dominates the area of chapter 5, verses 1 to 11. I wrote this down for a literal, according to usage. In this closing part of our letter, then, we beg and urge you in the Lord Jesus to behave as you should to be pleasing to God. The question naturally will arise, why just Lord Jesus? Well, very simple. They were, had been and were operating the manifestations of the Spirit, and you indicate in your walk that you've made him Lord by speaking in tongues. That's why the words Lord Jesus appear here. The Lord Jesus. Jesus is the humiliated one. The one who was laughed at, who was mocked, who was crucified, who looked everything except the part of being Lord. Ridiculed, died the most terrible death, you know, as far as the world is concerned, was Says somebody, if you're crucified, you're something, I forget what. Right, curse, right. He was all of that, and yet they exhorted and were to be at rest in the Lord, the one whom they made Lord, Jesus. The word that equals in order that. As ye have received of us, you have received of us, you learn from us. The word received is the great key here. The word received here is the word para, lambano. And the word para means alongside with. All is tied into this single object of the verb. And you see this to happen because verses 3 to 6 are all one sentence in the Greek. All tied together. They're all tied into this single object of the verb, paralambano. Ye ought to walk equals behavior to please God. The word ought is the Greek word di, di, and equals must. And it's a military term meaning the line of duty. You in the line of duty, because you've made him Lord Jesus, you ought to behave to please God. And to please God equals that God will be blessed. And the usage is a continuous Christian living aspect. It is not a past tense. It is a continuous Christian living aspect. Indicating the way you have been living. They had been growing. These people had been Gentiles. Born again. Now their lives are growing in the walk. The way you have been living. Abound more and more. The abound more and more means to produce more quality in your living. Not quantity. It's the quality here. Boy, when you look at this verse, it's just as true today as the day it was written. We're born again and then we start putting off the old man and we begin to produce more quality. Fantastic verse of scripture. I'm going to give you a very literal translation according to usage to sum this first verse up and it is as follows i have yet to add this then brethren we encourage you toward a more worthy endeavor as our brothers and urge you in the lord jesus 
that as you received alongside of us your line of duty in your walk to please God, comma, even as ye do walk, comma, that you produce even more quality in your living. Even as ye do walk is not in the Textus Receptus and a lot of other texts, but it has a lot of good manuscript support, and I believe it ought to be in. I understand this. They were already what? Walking. They were already walking. They've been born again. They were already walking wonderfully, but what he is saying, that you produce even more quality in your living. They were already producing quality, but it's like every Christian's growth. To produce what? More. That's why I think it goes in the text. Verse 2. For ye know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus. The word know is to know within yourself. For you know within yourselves what commandments. The word commandments is the Greek word par angelia. P-A-R-A-N-G-E-L-I-A. It literally means charge. And it is a military term of authority from a superior officer. <laughs> For you know what commandments we gave you by the Lord Jesus Christ. Who's going to be the superior officer? God through the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the word commandments. We gave. We gave. We gave. Verse 1, we had what they together received, as ye have received of us, in verse 1. Verse 1 is what they together lambanoed. Here in verse 2, it is what Paul did for them. Paul and Silas and whoever else, we gave what Paul did for them. You, by, dia, by way of. And here it is again, the Lord Jesus. They gave it to them by revelation, the commandments, the charge. I charge you, therefore, Timothy. It is a commandment. It's a charge that was given by revelation, by the Lord Jesus. In that first Timothy, chapter 1, verse 18, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy. The commandment, charge, same word. A literal translation of usage that I worked on is as follows. For you know within yourselves what charge we gave you proceeding from the Lord Jesus. You could use the word instruction. Instructions came from the Lord Jesus. But I don't think the word instruction is deep enough. It isn't in my mind. You know, if I instruct you, that's one thing. But if I give you a charge, maybe instruction would communicate to some people. But either instruction or charge, proceeding from the Lord Jesus, again, by revelation. Verse 3. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that ye should abstain from fornication. See, this is all one sentence here from Verse 3 through 6 in the Greek. The word for in verse 3 is explanatory. For this, this is a demonstrative pronoun. 
And that's the subject of the sentence. Whatever this, this is, which you know from context, that's the subject of the sentence. Is the will of God. The word will is the word thelema, T-H-E-L, long E-M-E. Namely, your sanctification. The word your is a possessive genitive, and that makes it dynamically personal. In other words, this is the will of God, namely your, personally your sanctification. The word sanctification is the Greek word hagiasmos, H-A-G-I-A-S-M-O-S, which means to be set apart, even your being set apart. Literally here it means to lead such a life as one who belongs to God, as I would have an earthly father of whom I'd be very proud and very thankful for. I would want to lead such a life as belonging to my wonderful earthly father. And this to be set apart is to lead such a life as one who belongs to God. Where is that in Romans about our sanctification or where is that? You know, our wisdom, righteousness, sanct or th uh, Corinthians, huh? What? 130, 1 Corinthians 130. Thought it was in Romans also. But of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who if God is made unto us, God's made unto us, wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. You see, Corinthians 1.30 there is our standing. He's made unto us. He's made unto us is our standing. Here we're not talking about our standing. We're talking about our state. Namely, this is the will of God that we lead a life like one who belongs to God. It's our state, sanctification. That, and here we begin a number of infinitive clauses. They all tie together. Basically, this is the first one. You should abstain from fornication. The second one is how to possess one's own vessel. And the third infinitive clause will be the one dealing with avoiding wronging a Christian brother. They all center around this word, that. You should abstain. The word abstain is the Greek word spelled A-P-E-C-H-O-M-A-I. That you should apekomai, meaning hold oneself off from. It is a refraining in the light of having renewed your mind to lead such a life as belonging to God that your life will be a blessing to God when you bless others. Or as you bless others, you must be sure it's also a blessing to God to lead such a life. That's why you should abstain, hold oneself off from or refrain from. The preposition from is the word apo, and that's from like the outside of a circle. Here's the circle, here's the circumference. Apo is that. Reaching out from. Why? Because you've renewed your mind and you've developed yourself and you're developing yourself and it's apo. That's why that word's used. 
No other preposition worked at that place. In 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 18. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is outside of the body or without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. In chapter 7, in verse 4, it says, The wife hath not authority of her own body, but the husband, and likewise also the husband hath not power of his own body, but the wife. You should hold oneself aloof from or off from or refrain from fornication. See, the will of God is namely that we lead a life that belongs to God, and therefore we hold off oneself, we refrain from fornication. I wrote the following in a literal, for this is the thing willed by God, namely, lead a life as one set apart to God, holding oneself off from and above all sexual immorality. Also put down in other translation in part that I thought communicated at least with my mind, and it's literal again according to usage. For this is the will or desire of God, namely, or that is, be completely free from sexual immorality. Verse 4, that every one of you, each one of you, should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. The word know is understand. This implies, this word implies instruction and self-discipline, both. You can be instructed and still not utilize self-discipline, but you cannot have self-discipline without instruction. And again, this verb is a continuous action. It's not a one-time control deal. It is a continuous understanding how to possess. The word possess is katomai. K-T-A-O-M-A-I, literally live with. But I think in even a greater depth, I would translate that word, acquire and take control over, should understand, implying instruction and self-discipline, a continuous action to acquire. See, the acquiring is the continuous action and take control over is the self-discipline. The word his is the Greek word meaning his own. Vessel is the word skekuos, S-K-E-U-O-S, meaning his own body. You see, it's a development not only being completely free from sexual immorality, but any other immorality that would deal with the body. Perhaps if your body is stinky, you just as bad in God's sight. If you didn't keep yourself clean and neat, look like a lousy bum and smell like one, and you're supposed to be a Christian, that's what I mean by stinky. I believe that this whole section, and it's one of the very difficult sections in God's word, like that prayer was last time we discussed about, because the interpretation of this section usually depends upon your upbringing or where you theologically or from a religious point of view stand today.
I do not believe that the general rank and file of Bible students ever take a look at it, as I'm going to endeavor to do and as I'm endeavoring to do, in the much larger sense than what they ordinarily give to it, because all they ever want to talk about is sex organs. And I think there's a lot more in life, Christian living, in sanctification and holiness than sex organs. Now, I am not moving off the integrity of the word. I have just taught you verse 3, and that's what the word says. That's what it means. But here we have words like possess his own vessel. You see, a lot of the translators like to go with his own wife for the word vessel. But knowing the word in all of its usage of vessel, there's a lot more to this record in Thessalonians than just a wife. It includes girlfriend, boyfriend, man, woman. It includes body, your body. In Luke 21, look at this usage here in King James. Verse 19. In your patience, there's the word, what? Possess. See? I said to you it means to acquire and take control over. In your what? The greatness is the word patience. Possess ye your souls. It's a growth. You can't expect someone you convert tonight to live and to walk on the word of God like perhaps you are walking after two or three years of instruction. The word instruction, I said, could be used. Inside of the body of the household, the family, we have to work with our people. A man who just used the Lord's name in vain like crazy. He gets born again. He's got to learn to possess his vessel, his body. He's got to learn to acquire and take control over that he doesn't use the name of God in vain. I'd like to handle one that very few people ever really think is terrific, but it's in the word. And that's that one in James about the tongue being an unruly evil. I think the tongue has done a great deal more harm in hurting people than the sex organs. Really hurting people. I don't know if that's a good comparison, but that's, you know, the tongue's an unruly evil. People are always talking about somebody. Christians are talking each other down. They're always talking about the bad they see in somebody. Boy, oh boy, that's your body. That's you, man, talking. Well, you're confronted with two different entire theological opinions if you go to the world to look at the theologians. And most of them handle it from a sex organ point of view, the word vessel. I think it's bigger than that. In Second Corinthians chapter 4, we have this treasure, verse 7. Boy, remember this section, we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. 
But in contrast, all that greatness, fantastic. But in contrast, that treasure is in an earthen what? Right. Therefore, the earthen vessel has to acquire and take over, take control over what he has. But this treasure is an earthen vessel that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure in an earthen body. I don't think the word vessel's got a blessed thing to do with sex organs, except the sex organs are in the body. This treasure is in an earthen vessel, in a body. That's why I think we have to know how to possess his own body. Every Christian believer has to learn this. His own body. In sanctification and honor. The word in here is the word and again. Meaning within at rest and peace. To be personally within at rest and peace with God. Acquire and take control over. I think this word sanctification is that word for holiness. Yep, same word as in verse 3, holiness. In holiness, sanctified, set apart, possess his own body, within at rest and peace, being set apart and honor. Sanctification and honor. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, Very familiar verse to you people. Verse 23. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, upon these we bestow more abundant honor. And our uncomely parts have more abundant comeliness. For our comely parts have no need. But God hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked. You see, you can see my eyes, they're big, but the more important honor is right in the middle of that thing. Only renewed mind Christian believers have this high opinion and value of the human body. The human body is nothing but cannon fodder for everybody else. The human body is nothing but just to be used by anybody else except the Christians. And I'm absolutely sure in the innermost part of my being that this word vessel has to be body. Nobody else but the Christian with renewed mind believing and understanding of God's word who has acquired, should know, instructed, understand, continuous action, self-discipline, takes control over, has the respect for the human body. Everybody else uses the human body. If they need you to get shot up someplace, they take you. If the communists need you, if you're a communist, they take you. Socialism does the same thing. Everything except Christianity, people. Everybody, everything except Christianity, the human body is for nothing but for somebody to use. Christianity sets you up for the first time as a woman that's a real woman of God, a man that's a real man of God because of your body. That's the only body you've got with Christ in you. That makes that body fantastic. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel that doesn't degrade the vessel, that elevates it. When you have Christ in you, boy, that elevates it. 
Everybody else, people, man is totally expendable. Use man. That's why I just keep driving to our people. Christians are to be loved, not used. Things are to be used. People are to be loved. You never use a Christian brother or sister to gain anything for yourself. If it's there because of the love of God in the renewed mind, that's beautiful. But I dare never use you to gain anything for myself. You may never use me, but I may love you. You love me. And in the greatness of that love, we gain that respect one for another. And then we use the things around us to bring God's best to us. Okay, verse 5. Not in the lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which know not God. Not is the word may. If you have a Bollinger, he's done the best work along this line that's ever been done in his appendix 105. And it's the usage number two. I'll read you what he has written here. May equals no, not. Expressing conditional negation. Depending on feeling or on some idea, conception, or hypothesis. Hence, the Greek word ou, which expresses full and direct negation, absolutely, not depending on any condition expressed or implied, is objective. May is subjective. U denies a matter of fact. May denies a matter of feeling. U denies absolutely. May denies conditionally. U negatives an affirmation. May negatives a supposition and prohibits or forbids. U is generally used with the indicative mood. May with the other moods. The first word in verse 5 is may. A condition negation. It's subjective. Not in lust of concupiscence. The word lust is the word P-A-T-H-O-S. It literally means just let yourself go wild. Passion and desire. Ungovernable nature. Lustful desire. It is related to the word, the verb form, to suffer. To possess his vessel in sanctification and honor. Whenever the natural passions of a man or a woman get out of control and they dominate, then we become slaves of passion. As I was again working the word and looking at the usage like lustful desire, I thought you kids call it the hots or something. You see, when this thing begins to control rather than you control it, then you become the slave of that which controls you. Possess his body in sanctification and honor, not in the lust of concupiscence. 
Concupiscence is really the word lust. It's the Greek word E-P-I-T-H-U-M-I-A. And it's real interesting that that word means inner mind desire. I think in the Christian family and sex, I tell you that all sex starts in the mind. Look at the greatness of that word. Inner mind desire. You see, a guy can so think sex that he's always sexed. A woman can so think sex that she is always sexed. That's lust. Lust begins where need ceases. Need is one thing. But boy, when it's lust, it's just not God's word, people. All they think about is sex. Wake up thinking sex, eat, sleep, sex, do sex, go to bed, sex, get up, sex. It's all they think about. A bunch of junk. All things are given to man to enjoy. We know that. Know the rest of the word. God supplies need according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. Not only financially, but every other way. I teach you in the Christian family, had God not wanted the human body built this way to build it some other way, he's not stupid. That's why one phase of the body is sex. I know that. But it isn't all the body has, the vessel. But right here we're dealing with this phase of controlling yourself, your passions and desires, if you don't control it, you'll go wild. It'll drive you up a wall. Not in the desire of lusts, which originate from the inner mind, even as the Gentiles also. The reason it's here, the Gentiles also, the Gentiles are heathen, pagan, who know not God or who have not been known to him. They got gods, plenty of them, but they know not the true God, even as the Gentiles also, which know not God. The word know is to acknowledge God, the true God in what they do. Do not take God into account. Behavior without reference to the true God. You watch this very carefully in its depth here. Gentiles, heathen, pagan, who know not God. Referring to the true God. Now a person can be born again without an accurate knowledge of God's word. We have the word instruction. Who have not been properly charged with God's word. Not knowing God's word, they will live in the senses world, just like the Gentiles who are heathen and pagan, which know not God, which know not the true God. Whenever you worship Jesus Christ as God, the Holy Spirit as God, you know, his gift, that's idolatry. And if you check the word, Old Testament, and all pagan religions, all idolatry leads to sexual immorality. Have you worked Romans 1 lately? Sexual immorality. The homos. Lesbians. Verse 6. 
that no man go beyond and defraud his brother in any matter, because that the Lord is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. The word that means in this matter or regarding this matter. The word no is again the word may. Appendix 105.2 that I just covered with you a while ago in Bollinger. That or in this matter that he does not go beyond. The word go is the word huperbino, H-U-P-E-R-B-A-I-N-O. The word beyond is the word transgress. These are not used any other place in the word. The word huperbino means passing over the line that divides right from wrong. There is a sharp line of demarcation. And to go beyond is passing over that line. That in this matter, he not pass over that line that divides right from wrong. Or to exceed proper limits and defraud. And here's your third infinitive usage that I gave you earlier. The word defraud is wrong. The Greek word is the word pleon. Kito, P-L-E-O-N, E-K-T-E-O, which literally means we should take advantage of. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11, lest Satan should get an advantage of us. That's this word defraud take advantage of us take advantage to exceed proper limits because we would do what take advantage that is to use not love that's to use people are to be loved things are to be what and it's related to this word selfishness you see if I would use you that is what Selfish. And that exceeds the proper limits. That's passing over the line. And that is to cheat his Christian brother. Selfishly or in wrong. Take advantage of. To cheat his Christian brother in anything. The word brother is fellow Christian. In any matter. Meaning sexually or any other way. You do not cheat any other Christian believer. Now here comes the motive for the obedience. Because. The word because is the motive for the obedience. Because. That the Lord. Is the avenger of all such as we also have forewarned you and testified. Because the Lord. Is the avenger. The word avenger is. E-K-D-I-K-O-S. Ekdikos. It is related to the word used for justice in Deuteronomy it says in verse 35 talking about God to me belongeth vengeance and recompense their foot shall slide in due time for the day of their calamity is at hand and the things that shall come upon them make haste to God belongeth vengeance and recompense the word avenger is used there. In Psalm 94, 
verse 1. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth, O God, to whom vengeance belongeth, show thyself. The avenger, see, vengeance, justice, all to God. In Romans 12, verse 19. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, saith the Lord. And in chapter 13, verse 4, For he's the minister of God to thee for good. But if thou do that which is evil, be afraid, for he beareth not the sword in vain. For he is the minister of God, a revenger upon him that doeth evil. Here in Romans 13, of course, it's used regarding the ministries in the body. This avenger, as I told you, is related to the word for justice. If he cheats his Christian brother in anything, the Lord is the avenger. Related to the word justice. If I cheat you or you cheat me or I take advantage of you, if I use you, or you use me, or I use any Christian brother or sister, or you do. Do you lose the eternal life you have? What do you lose? The rewards, that's the justice. That's the avenger. That's the justice of Romans, and that's the justice and the avenger here of Thessalonians. Avenger of all such in Thessalonians. Verse 6, avenger of all such. The word of is the word concerning, concerning all such, all such what? Sins. The Lord will punish those who do this kind of thing, who defraud, selfishly use a brother, a fellow Christian, exceed proper limits. They don't lose their eternal life, they lose their rewards, because that is sin, to use someone like that as we also have forewarned you and testified. Forewarned is the Greek word repo. It's in the aorist tense here which makes it unique, telling us that they have already been told, told you plainly, as we have forewarned, told you forcefully what would happen. And the word also comes after the word forewarned. Or as we have forewarned you also. We have forewarned also you. The word dia, D-I-A. True or by way of solemnly affirming, testified. Or strongly warned. Or bore you witness. And I think this bore you witness is a real heavy thing here. Have forewarned you and testified. This word testified. Acts 2, please. Verse 40. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this lousy generation. The word testify here, again, is the same word. And it is the word dia maturomai, D-I-A-M-A-R-T-U-R-O-M-A-I. The maturomai is martyr or witness. The idea of proceeding from and passing out 
from. That's why it was a witness. You see, if I witness, it's passing out, proceeding from me. That's what they did. We have forewarned you. It proceeded from us. And we have solemnly affirmed, strongly warned. That's why it has to be proceeding from. Ye shall be witnesses unto me, martyrs, slaves, branded, sold out, committed to the death. Verse 7. For God hath not called us unto uncleanness, but unto holiness. The word for in verse 7. I think is again explanatory, although many Bible scholars omit it, yet they have no Greek text, or as far as I know, as Twingilo Aramaic. For God, the word hath is scratched, for God not, not, and this is Appendix 105.1, which means absolutely not. It's the absolute. The one we had previously was may, here it's ooh. God absolutely not called us. The word called is in the aorist tense, indicating past action. God called us. Past tense. You were called. God did it, putting us in union with Christ. Called us. There again. It's Paul and Silas, Timothy, plus the believers in Thessalonica. It literally reads, God called us not. God called us not. Absolutely not. For. Unto is for. It is the word preposition epi, which is the dative case. And this always indicates the purpose, the object, and may include the result, and I think here it is the result, all included. Absolutely did not call us for the purpose or the object or the result, uncleanness. And I believe that that word uncleanness includes more than immorality. I believe it includes all uncleanness of thought. Jesus said someplace in the Gospels, the idea or the thought is like the act. It's uncleanness. What are you thinking? Where's your head? What do you dwell on? Practically all the Bible scholars translated immorality. I think it's bigger. God called us not for uncleanliness, but in contrast, he called us. He called us. God found us. We were dead in trespasses and sins. How can a dead man save himself? How can a dead man find anything? If you're physically dead, you can't even find your thumb. See, that's right. This is all dependent upon the accuracy of the word again tonight, boy. God called us not. God called us not unto uncleanness, mental, physical, spiritual, selfishness, all the other uncleanness, one of which, of course, would also be sex, immorality, all that stuff. But in contrast, unto, 
And the word unto is the preposition M, in, meaning to remain within. But he's called us to remain within holiness. And the word holiness here again is the word hagiasmos, H-A-G-I-A-S-M-O-S, same as sanctification of verse 3, meaning one who lives as one belonging to God in our walk, in our talk, in our action. Verse 8. You see, if you and I reject the message addressed to the church of the body, then by sheer logic, we reject the author of it. That's what this great verse is talking about. He, therefore, that despises, despises not man but whom, who hath also given unto us his Holy Spirit. He, therefore, that one, Christian, therefore, he, therefore, therefore, is an inferential conjunction, and it's only used at one other place in the Bible. It's a very unique usage. Boy, look at Hebrews 12. Boy, following upon that great 11th chapter about believing, the manifestations plus the natural believing, the, the manifestations especially, these all, verse 39, have obtained a good report through believing, received not the promise, God having provided some better thing for us, that they without us should not be made perfect. Therefore, therefore, same word. The only other usage, no word. <laughs> and it relates itself in Hebrews to the greatness of the believing of people, the manifestation and operation, therefore, and here in Thessalonians in chapter 4, because God called us, God called us unto holiness, one who lives as one belonging to God, Therefore, therefore, he that despises, the word despises is the Greek word, atheteo, A-T-H-E-T-E, long O, which means to reject, set aside, nullify, or he, therefore, that rejects doing good. You could translate it for this reason, for on this account, therefore, and this introduces a logical conclusion from the preceding verse. He, therefore, that rejects, despises, not man, but God. Whoever rejects his teaching is saying no to God, not just to man. Because, as I told you, to reject the message is to reject the one who authored it. Rejects not man but God. Really does not flout man as someone translated it, but God. Then you ask yourself the question, why? The answer is very simple, because it's God in Christ in you. 
who hath also given, hath also given is one word, who giveth, who giveth. It's the word ice then, E-I-S, literally unto you. In King James, it says us. Literally, it means the one who gave. It's an aorist participle. And that literally means that he gave this at salvation. Who giveth you or who gave to you, the one who gave to you, his Holy Spirit. And the word holy has the article D in the Greek as well as spirit. Who gave his Holy Spirit. A literal translation of this is, it is not for nothing that the Spirit, capital S, comma, God, comma, gives you his Holy Spirit. It is not for nothing that he gave us his Holy Spirit. He, therefore, who rejects the greatness of this word of God, Rejects not the man who gives it, doesn't reject you, but he rejects the author, God, the one who gave his spirit, his gift to you, to the born-again believer. So you see, it is possible for a Christian believer to so walk that he rejects in his walk the greatness of that gift which God gave him. All of this is wrapped up in that closing verse. He doesn't reject man, but God who gave us when we were born again, who gave unto us, who gave you, this individual, his gift. And because God gave us his gift, therefore, we should so live as these verses indicate in this chapter.